solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, lovers of the Houston Texans. Welcome to the another episode of Locked On Texans, your team every day, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am John, some sports guy Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. This NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts to tune in the beginning August 30th. Cody Davis, welcome in. Let's talk about the Houston Texans. What do we have on the rundown for today? Well, on this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to discuss the latest roster moves that went on with the Houston Texans, especially one in particular, the release of Kaheli Waring. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans, determining whether or not Nick Asirio is done making moves by the Texans' latest trade. But to get this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, John and I are going to discuss and take a look at the importance of the starters playing majority of their final preseason game, which will take place this Saturday inside NRG Stadium against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this topic was brought up because on yesterday, prior to yesterday's practice, David Cully said that he does expect majority, if not all, of the Texans starters and veteran players to receive a boatload of the action. And part of the reason why he wanted to do this is because not only is because it's the final regular season game and it's a final dress rehearsal before the start of the 2021 season, but he said that we really want those guys to get a feel of what it's like to go into the second half. And part of the reason why David Cully wants his team to go out there and play the second half is so they can get a sense of how coaching adjustments is going to work under his coaching staff for this upcoming season so john and listeners you know this is not really a surprise we kind of figured that the final preseason game against tampa bay is going to be the game where we could honestly say we are going to get a sense of what the texans look like especially with tyrod taylor on the center Tyrod has played in both preseason games, but has been very limited. He has only played in 34 snaps, completed 66% of his passes for only 50 yards. Yeah, Cody, that was one of my, uh, one of the things that I wanted to see. And I'm glad that we're going to get more of what the first team offense, first team defense feel will be this upcoming Saturday as Houston takes on the defending Super Bowl champs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, we got to see more of Tyrod. It's that simple. Why? Because, you know, the sample size version of what we've seen out of Tyrod, that has led to the defense, I'd say, winning these two preseason games. Right? And that's fine. Like, we, we wanted to see the defense be much better than what we saw last year. But we also got to see what this offense can really be for a full quarter dare i say a half in a preseason game led by tyrod taylor we've seen more davis mills which is fair that's something that we also wanted to see 
heading into this preseason, uh, this preseason, a lot of Davis Mills. But what really is the identity with Tyrod Taylor on the field, along with uh, Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay splitting carries? So, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to see what this offense can be. I hope we get an entire half of Tyrod Taylor on that field uh, because he is the first option. And hopefully this year he'd be the only option for this team. But we got to know, is is he going to be reliable? And that's fair uh, because the last top, the last couple of times we've seen Tyrod Taylor be a starting quarterback, misfortune has happened, injuries has happened, uh, and then he was still a placeholder. This is his fairest shot that we've seen in the last three years, maybe. I'm very interested to see how Tim Kelly will make sure that he is involved in this offense. Davis Mills, I'm sorry, not Davis Mills, David Cully spoke about, hey, Tyrod Taylor is a guy who ran a 4-5 come out of VTech. You know, they may have some design runs. You know, he came from Baltimore, right? Uh, he came uh... That's not right. If it happens, it's going to be very situational. We will not see anything close to Lamar Jackson. We know that, of course, right? We, we're not even going to see anything close to Deshaun Watson, right? I, I, I don't, I don't expect to see anything like that, especially considering Tyrod Taylor, who ran a four-five. That was a long time ago. Tyrod Taylor has been in the league a very long time, right? And he's thirty-two years old, but now, come on, let's give him the numbers, right? <laughs> he's been in the league a long time, and his age is up there but you know I, I i'm very interested to see how he will be incorporated early on they talked about maximizing the strengths minimizing their weaknesses and we still really don't know can we really pinpoint what tyrod taylor's weaknesses are with this team we know what he's done with cleveland or buffalo and what his strength was then and, and what his weaknesses were but you know, after spending some years in Cleveland, spending a year under Pep Hamilton, being a placeholder for Justin Hebert, you know, has that changed his game? Has that changed how he approaches it? What can and can he not do anymore? So Saturday will be a very big question, which will actually lead to what I believe Nick Casario may still be doing uh, in, in, in terms of moving around players or bringing in new guys. We got to see more of Tyrod. It is that simple. Want to get more involved in the NFL game, more college football, or whatever sports you love? Well, you definitely can do that with betonline.ag. Get involved, bet some money, win some money, play it again, and do the whole thing over and over again. It's that time of year where all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day Super Promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose... Your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. From football 
boxing, basketball, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. And continuing here with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. Over the last 48 hours, Nick Casario has been busy shaping up this roster for the upcoming 2021 season. Um, there was a couple of players who did not make the cut for the second go round of players. Um, one of those players, John and listeners, was Darius Jackson, the running back who actually had a really good game against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I was actually a little bit surprised that they cut him this early. I thought he was going to be in consideration to stick around, at least on the practice squad, to say the least. But they let Jackson go. But the very first player to get cut on the second wave was Kaheli Waring, everybody's favorite tight end. John and listeners, Kaheli Waring has been the biggest enigma for this organization ever since they drafted him in 2019. And what I'm about to say is it's not disrespectful to Waring, but when I take a look at the Texans and I take a look at the fact that they drafted this guy with the 86 overall pick smack dead in the middle of the third round, I say to myself, the Texans literally wasted a draft pick by selecting Kaheli Waring. And, and as a matter of fact, even if they wanted to draft Kaheli Waring, because apparently from what I have been told, John, what you have been told, for some reason, the Texans had Waring high on their draft board heading into the 2019 the water, the water NFL draft. The water polo player. player. The water polo player. They tried player. to convert over to the NFL player. Exactly. <laughs> you know, hey, and, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, let, me, let me just say something real quick. Do you remember the uh, backlash we got a couple <laughs> of years ago when we called this pick and we said, like, I still have the tweets. I can go find them. It's very easy for me to do it. But we knew this was a bad pick. Mm-hmm. We knew that this was one of those picks where, you know, it was more than a head scratch. Like, you had available players, which we're going to get into, that you could have added that would be better off for that team. And instead, you go with a player that, you know, he wasn't he wasn't all that great in college in his four years. I think in four years, he I think he maybe – Hit a thousand yards, maybe. I don't think he did. That's a stretch. So, you know, I I, I just want to say that all of you guys that called us out back then and said we didn't know what we was talking about, three catches, thirty-five yards, three years. What a waste of a pick! What? I'm not gonna. I'm not. Yeah, I'm gonna go to it. That just shows you how inept the franchise was around that time. Complete waste. And and Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain, whatever they had going on in that war room at the time of the draft, I think that needs a 30 for 30. What the (laughs) hell were you thinking? Or ESPN short or Texas short. Or text and talk. I don't know. What the hell were you thinking at that time of the pick? And don't forget, John, he only appeared in seven games in the span of two seasons. But going back to my point, I'm even a little bit more baffled about it now than I was two years ago. 
Because, John, at the time when they drafted Kaheli Warren, the Texans still had Ryan Griffin as their starting tight end. Now, I get it. Ryan Griffin did have some off-field issues that ultimately resulted in his departure from this organization. But a year before Kaheli Warren got here, they did draft Jordan Aikens. Plus, that same offseason, the Texans also signed Darren Fails. Fails had a phenomenal career year in 2019 which awarded him a contract extension going into the following season. Jordan Aikens becomes a starter. He get hurt. Darren Fails isn't quite living up to the contract extension that he got in the offseason. And what they do? Do they go to Kaheli Waring? No. They go out and sign Pharaoh Brown. John, is it me or it seems like the Texans didn't even have faith in their own draft pick? That's definitely fair to say. Uh, I, I think that they recognized that it was a stretch. It was one of those picks that they believe could be a home run or could be a strikeout. And they struck out. There was no sign ever of it being a home run. I, I just, like I mentioned, I don't understand what the premise was of taking that, taking uh, Kelly at that pick. Just to make sure I give Kelly wearing his fair, his fair justice. He did battle some injuries throughout his rookie season, which was part of the reason why he did not see the field. I do want to throw that out there. Yeah, he never bounced back. So to be fair, you know, but really, if we revisit that entire 2019 draft, Houston has hit on Titus Howard as of right now and Charles Omenehu. Max Sharpen, who's moved over the right guard, we don't really know what his role and position will be for this team in the future. But at the time of the Kaheli pick, I thought Julian Love should have been off the board for Houston. I thought Julian Love would have been the perfect nickel slash safety for this team. Early in the draft, they drafted Lonnie Johnson, so that, that filled their cornerback position need. But I still feel like they needed a dual threat type of player at nickel and corner, I mean, nickel and safety that Julian Love could have been. He also was drafted by the New York Giants and has been a very good role piece player for that franchise. But back to what this team has done, uh, I can't, you know, you wish to, you wish to, you wish to best for where uh, he's a player that honestly, he has the speed, he has good size, but I don't, I don't know if he gets picked up. What was Bill O'Brien really thinking? What was Brian Gain really thinking when those two collaborated on making this pick? There's so many questionable moves that if you sit back, Cody, like let's sit back, sit back. I want you to physically sit back while we're recording this. Listeners, I want you to sit back in your seat, slump over just a little bit, get comfortable, and realize that Nick Casario is doing a goddamn good job. I know this may be a family show or whatever, but he's gotten rid of players that had no business being here. He's reworked deals that had no business getting done. He's putting players in positions to either compete or get out the door. He has done a very great job of revitalizing this roster, reshaping this roster. And when you sit back and you look while you're slumped in your chair or you're driving, I know it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. But there's no way that 
somebody close to Deshaun is not saying, hey, man, I really think you need to see what this guy can do with this organization. And they may not be doing it considering what I feel about his, his, his camp, but Deshaun may be sitting back and saying, man, I, some of this does make sense. And Nick Casario, in his eight months of being the Houston Texans GM, regardless of what we said and felt about Jack Easterby, regardless of what we said and felt about Deshaun Watson and his situation and the hiring of David Culley and our opinions in the past about why it wasn't Eric Bieniemy or uh, whoever else, you know, that guy has came in and day one and said, I'm going to reshape this roster from the ground up. You got to give kudos to that guy, man. You got to. And he's been very active with the team. He's been on the field at practice. He's been around. He's been very vocal. Kelly was just one of those picks where about time. And it's time to move forward. Not going to talk about that guy too much. We got we got what we had to say all, but I will say this. I told you so. <laughs> we told you so. Here at Locked On Texas Podcast, like I can go back and can I find my tweets? No, <laughs> just oh. stop being petty. Yeah. And what I will say is this. When Nick Casario walked through that door, you and I, we also talked about the possibility of guys like Isaiah Coulter and now John Reed yeah. were all going to be gone by the start of the 2021 season. And, of yeah. course, I brought I bring that up because by the time you and I hit the record button to record this podcast – we got the news from our guy Aaron Wilson over at Sports Talk 790 that the Texans have moved on from cornerback John Reed, another Bill O'Brien disciple. Great decision. They also brought in a cornerback to fill that slot, that void rather. So we're going to get into that. Yo, man, Nick Casario, he's, he's it's the small things, right? Because do we expect, do we expect if Reed made the roster, do we expect for him to like play? A lot of defensive snaps. No, it's the small things like bringing in guys to play special teams. That's the emphasis for this team, right? So it's the small things. Can't wait to get into that. I definitely want to get into this tweet. July 26, 2019. Warren oh is also gosh. going to be a dude. He's a stud athlete. Him and Thomas as our tight ends. Question mark. This offense is going to be unstoppable this year if everyone stays healthy. Yeah. Two, three years later, ain't happening. Can't wait to talk about some more of these roster moves and if Nick Asirio is done. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? Choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. Come on, guys. We can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353.99 at Advance, a big chain store. But it only costs $216.79 at rockauto.com. 
Chainsaws have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Betting on your Houston Texans does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And before we close out this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and listeners, I got to ask you guys one question. Did you see the video for Deshaun Watson's Top 100? On NFL Network, it was so depressing. It was the creepiest. It was those depressing. long pauses that was just like, "Oh my gosh, bro!" But the fact that got me, the video was only a minute and a half. When normally it's about three and a half to four minutes. There was no, none of his peers talked about how good he is as a quarterback, and it was none of that. It was, <laughs> it was, it was none of. You know what they could have did, Cody? They could have just said Deshaun Watson 18 and on the 17. Like, that that would have been better. Skip I would have much rather seen that versus what they did. That hurt my heart, to be honest with you, John. That was uh I understand it. He's in this unfortunate situation and innocent or not, he put himself in this situation, but man, that, that I mean, hurt. but here's the thing though. They didn't lie. I just <laughs> I just I just wish they could have just said Deshaun Watson, 18, put his stats, and then go right on to 17. That like would have been much better. That would have that, been that much better. That was it. Like, just acknowledge that regardless of what goes on off the field, on the field, he's a bad boy. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this really quick before moving on. I'm, a, I'm even a little bit more upset that he's just at 18, knowing that he was 20 last year. If everything was still good, he would have at least been, been top 10. Top 10, top 10. Yeah, top 10 probably 10. number nine. He'd have been top 10. They do call him the Michael Jordan of uh nobody has called him that over this last couple of months. Not the last not not the last couple of months, but he has been called the Michael Jordan of football. And Michael Jordan did take a year off, a couple years off. And came was, back to the sports. So I hope it don't take him two years to get himself oh, together. Oh man, you can't do that in, in football. I, I really doubt it. We're going to see how it all plays out for Deshaun Watson. Let's talk about Nick Casario. Does he have any more moves to make left in him? He traded a seventh rounder for Kadar Holman, traded Keon Crossing last week, traded Randall Cobb back to Green Bay, traded for Anthony Miller. What or who else could Casario target as Houston approaches their final preseason game? Uh, Cody, for me, I don't think there's another move that is necessarily left, but uh, I think upgrading the quarterback position is, is something that I, I I don't see how they're going to overlook that. Like I, I don't see how you don't find 
a quarterback out there that may has had a good preseason, just not going to make that roster for a team uh, that's better than Jeff Driscoll. I'm, I'm sorry. And I thought about maybe they could look at offensive guards or tackles for the right side of the line. Maybe they could bring in some guys, maybe some free agents, or look around the preseason to see who they like that teams are just not going to pick up or maybe be a backup, which is why I did not like Roderick Johnson getting waived like that. But if there's any spot on this roster, I could see them upgrading the quarterback room and maybe the wide receiver depth chart. Maybe. But you got to get somebody in here over Jeff Driscoll. I'm a little bit surprised that you said the wide receiver room. John, I think I think it depends on which players are on the bubble of making a 53-man roster. Exactly. Because outside of the quarterback position, John and listeners, I think Nick Asirio can possibly upgrade the offensive line on that right side. Because, yes, I've been pretty big on the improvements I've seen from Charlie Heck and Matt Sharpen, but... I don't think neither one of those guys I will feel comfortable going into the 2021 season season with as both of those guys starting at right tackle and right guard. And yes, Lane Taylor and Marcus Cannon, they're still on this roster, but we are less than a month. What, 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 what are we? Two and a half weeks away from the start of the 2021 season. And Marcus Cannon and Lane Taylor, they are not going to be ready to play week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I honestly don't know what's going on with those two, especially Marcus Cannon, who in June, he had a knee procedure to clean up something in his knee. And the original report came out and said that he would be ready by training camp. And this is the last week of training camp. And he has yet to take one rep with his organization since voluntary OTAs back in June. But, John, that is the one position I can see Nick Casario upgrading. And, of course, like you just mentioned, a quarterback room in general. Um, they got to find somebody other than Jeff, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. I'll tell you what, though, um, whether or not they finish with a winning record, uh, average below average or or a flat out losing record this team is definitely going to compete you can tell by the moves they want to get better in every aspect that they feel like they need to get better in and in your first year considering everything that the gm the head coach and everybody new to this coaching staff and all of the players that replaced the players from the previous years i, I think that's encouraging that's the first way you can really start something new, uh, get that culture change that they're looking for. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.